Welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of the Echo Corpus Christi Podcast, the podcast featuring Corpus Christi's creators, makers, doers, and builders. Dusty Oliveta is our guest on today's episode. You know him as El Dusty. Dusty is a Corpus Christi area native who was born in Corpus proper and raised on and off in Cal Allen. His parents and family raised him in a melting pot of music from East Coast rap to classical and cumbia. Dusty has been a force in downtown Corpus for nearly two decades, having had a studio in downtown since the early 2000s, and even now he and his wife, Ceci Trevino of Chica's Rock, live in downtown, right above his current studio and creative collaborative, Produce. Dusty's song, Cumbia Anthem, was nominated for a Latin Grammy, and he has become an ambassador for new cumbia music and for Corpus Christi all over the world. Not only is Dusty personally a recording artist, he also produces other artists under the Americano label and produces concerts and shows like Tropicoso here in Corpus at the House of Rock and Peligroso in Austin. Dusty walks us into the future of the Corpus sound, made famous by legends like Freddie Fender and Selena, and now being interpreted anew by artists coming up in Dusty's wake. Let's visit with El Dusty. Well, Dusty, welcome to the Echo Corpus Christi podcast. Thank you for having me. We're super excited to get a chance to visit with you today. So the first question that we start off with on the show is, what is your Corpus story? Are you from Corpus or did you come here later in life? Um, I'm from Corpus. I was born over off of uh, Hudson Mm -hmm. and then uh, my family moved to Cal Allen. Um, We moved, my my dad was in a, a motorcycle accident when I was really young and uh, when we were living there in Cal Allen and he, we transferred around to different cities like Houston and Miami and things like that to like get treatment for him. But we ended up back in Corpus um, and then we stayed there at Cal Allen until I graduated and then I've moved downtown. So I've been here ever since. So you moved straight downtown when you graduated high school? Nah, no. <laughs> Seems like it, but uh, I had a studio here in, New, in the Nueces building pretty much right after high school. And then, um, and we kind of like had that studio there for a couple of years, uh, me and my friend Jofi. And then um, we, we, left, we left that. And then another friend of mine moved into the same space. And I ended up moving back in there with him, a buddy of mine named Gilbert. And we had that studio for years too, man. I mean, this is like, you know, 2001, two, mm-hmm. three, four, around there. And then it turned into Noasis Lofts. And we ended up finding this space. It was pretty cool. I mean, I've just been downtown like this whole time, you know, never got a studio on the South side or in Cal Allen mm-hmm. or anywhere. Um, I just always like been attracted to downtown and, and kind of like where it's at. And I just always like the feel of buildings and all mm-hmm. those kinds of things, you know, I do. So I guess we should go ahead and tell people that are listening that we are sitting in your studio office, uh, in the produce in downtown. Yes, sir. 415 People Street. You could have just at prdc2010.com. No, absolutely. That's great. For sure. So I do want to talk eventually about what you're doing here at Produce and what that means for the community and, and the opportunities that you're providing for other folks here in Corpus that are kind of coming up in your wake. But first, let's talk a little bit about your personal life. Are you married? Yes, I am married to Ceci Trevino. Mm-hmm. She is a uh, she's a musician as well. She's been in touring touring acts her whole life, and she started this music program called Chicas Rock mm-hmm. here at Produce. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know, like maybe like eight years ago or nine years ago. I don't know. And uh, it started off as like a summer camp for girls, and uh, I was doing like a turntable school, and that one had like girls and boys. We were doing it at the same time, uh, and it turned into a 
like a full-on after-school program where she's awesome. got her own facility and she's uh she you know she rents it out to she's like a kind of event space and practice play, place and you know the girls like have started their own bands and they go and practice in there and things like that so it's pretty cool it's just like a musical venue and and mostly you know it's it's mostly women you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's a safe space for 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 that you know and and they go in there and they tear it up man they're over there right now doing summer camp so awesome. it's going pretty good and uh, you mentioned a moment ago before we started recording that your turntable school had some success. I think we're sitting here with somebody who was a student of yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Weasel. He's here. He's been a he's been DJing since he was uh, nine years old. Wow. He's eighteen now, or he's about to be eighteen. He just graduated high school, but he's been DJing the whole time, man. I mean, he's a full on DJ. He's got his own equipment. He's mm-hmm. always doing gigs, and I mean, he's he's just getting his his feet wet until like you know he's going to turn eighteen. So everything's about to change for him. You know. Sure. So. Um, and we're just here to to help him out, you know what I mean, and, and guide him in the process, and hopefully we can all uh, do good things together. So is that kind of your story too? Did you start out DJing young and then uh, just keep it up, or did you come into it a little bit later in life? Um, actually, I, I I got my I I wanted to be a DJ since like I mean forever, you know, like mm-hmm. I was like in fifth grade. I remember uh, cutting out a piece of like. Uh, an ad that like an all-in-one DJ system for like 500 bucks or whatever. And my dad, I put it up on my dad's uh, nightstand, like right there where he was like, this is what you need to get me, man. You know? And he was like, nope. <laughs> like I was, you know, a little kid, man. And then sure. uh, so, sometime like in sixth grade, uh, my brother came home with like a whole setup. He had three technique turntables mm-hmm. and speakers, a mixer, everything. And at that time, it was like pretty much impossible to get all that stuff. But uh, he, you know, fell out of a truck and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he ended up with it at my house. Huh. And uh, and man, it was just like one of those things like we he brought it all home. And I was just kind of like, wow, what is this? You know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he um, he uh, said, don't touch it. <laughs> you know, like we set it all up right. and he's like, don't touch it. And then first thing I did when he left was go into his room and Absolutely. start figuring it out. And, and, um, uh, man, I, I actually became the one that was, that was good at it. Mm-hmm. And my brother kind of started managing me and, and getting me gigs. And we would do like teen nights and different kinds of things where they would allow me to go DJ. I was doing like quinceaneras and mm-hmm. birthday parties and all kinds of stuff using like, uh, home speakers and mixed with, <laughs> Uh, right. uh, m- mobile like base cannons and things like that. I mean, there's a there's a picture of me floating around for when I was like 16 years old. My buddy Derek has it, but it's a it's a picture of me DJing, mm-hmm. and it's got all kinds of CD players and and things set up on the table, and then it's got a home speaker with mm-hmm. like another speaker, and then at the bottom it's like this like mobile base box like right. from a car <laughs> from the back of a car yeah sure, you know sure. what i mean so we had it all figured out somehow you know right. and, and it was it was pretty cool but that that's kind of how it started man i was just you know djing forever i, I ended up on z95 mm-hmm. uh, working with ed okanyas back in the day when i was like in, still in high school he he kind of took me under his wing and and uh and i was basically his assistant i would take out the trash i would you know get him coffee and and go set up uh, uh things for them in the hot sun when they sure, didn't want to go sure. do it you know what i mean but uh and then when i got my when i got my license i was taking the van everywhere to go set it mm-hmm. up and things like that you know and and it was cool man I, I mean that was like that pretty much like opened my eyes to like the music business and figured out that you can make money you know doing music and djing and things like that and 
and I got to tag along with them, like going to the clubs and, and, and seeing that lifestyle, you know, and how that, how that worked. Mm -hmm. And, and man, I, I mean, I kind of picked it up and, and, and just, uh, ran with it, you know what I mean? So do you come from a musical family or are you the family's musician? Um, I mean, there's a couple of musicians in my family. Clarissa's, Clarissa Serna is one of my cousins. Okay. Uh, uh, John Eric is my cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we have a couple of musicians in the family. My, my, my immediate family are not musicians at all, but, okay. m- uh, my brothers are, they have like really good, uh, taste in okay. music you know what i'm saying for for the kind of stuff that they like they're mm-hmm. always turning me on to to different kinds of, of of things you know what i mean and and my my older brother he used to like all kinds of things like rock and rap and and it was at that time it was kind of getting invented you know sure. so he was showing me all the stuff that was going down and and i kind of got a, a little mix of everything you mm-hmm. know luckily so it was, i've been kind of blessed with that and then my dad was into like oldies and rock and and uh like Tejano music and Spanish, mm-hmm. Spanish soul and those kind of things. And my mom was into like more on like, on like the hippie things and, and cumbia and stuff like that. And so I just got this like melting pot of, of music, you know, mm-hmm. from influences from all of them. And, you know, it kind of worked out in my favor because now I kind of like everything, you know. And Does it, that make it more complicated for you to produce a song or an album with, with, a, with a very broad interest in music? Or is it simple for you to hear... You know, I really like that sound, or I really like this other sound, and I want to pull that in. Um, I like to think that it makes that it makes it easier, but I actually think that it makes it a little more complicated because I'm I'm always like overthinking stuff, and I think as a as a musician and music producer, like you tend to like never finish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if I'm like, oh man, this really sounds like a '70s guitar psychedelic thing, well, then I'm gonna try to make the whole everything else sound like that too. You know, the <laughs> sure. drums need to sound old school and let's run it through this and and you know and and it you know sometimes i overcomplicate it but i don't know man i mean i hope i i I like to think that it helps me out because i can recognize where different things are like you know kind of like like uh grouped you Mm -hmm. know what i mean i guess it's like oh it's this kind of kick for this kind of song and 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 it also like i i like to mash those things up where it's like we're taking these old samples from like an old traditional cumbia song but Mm -hmm. we're putting a kick and a snare from like a rap song from the eighties or nineties. And then, and then you kind of can morph the whole vibe of the song by, by combining all these different genres together. So luckily, uh, I mean, I kind of can rec- I have the, the ability to recognize that. And, um, and I feel like it kind of helps. So for those of us that have no idea how a song gets produced, can you walk us through a little <laughs> bit of the, you know, let's, I mean, I, we're sitting here in your studio and you've got a wall of records, you have a wall of tapes, and I'm sure that you've got <laughs> uh, some digital music in here as well. Do you, do you sit down and think, okay, I'm going to make this kind of song, or is it more of a, you're just listening and, oh my gosh, that is a beat that I have to, to sample and put into music, or how does your process work? Man, I mean, there's, a, there's different ways for different types of people. I'm not necessarily like a musician musician where i can like sit there and play you know guitar and piano and all these different things um i have my my buddies that come in and help me with like the live musicianship of things but you know i can don't don't get me wrong i can like sit there and and hammer out something on the computer but by any means i'm not like this like player you know what i'm saying but i i have an ear for it Mm -hmm. and i can recognize things and so i don't know i mean my my process is i listen to like some old samples or like or like old records to kind of like reference or pull sounds from 
and then kind of like get the vibe from that and like oh man this one sounds like a rap song so let's make rap beats and rap okay. drums and and this and that or this one sounds like an electronic song let's make it more electronic or this is sad or whatever mm-hmm. you know and the, i, I kind of like to pull from 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 that i mean i've always been into like rap music and rap has always been about sampling and things like that so sure. i kind of just like take that take that from there and and i approach like a lot of different kinds of genres like that too it's like i'll listen to old spanish stuff if we're trying to make a cumbia song or something okay. even if we're making it with all original live instruments and things like that we'll still listen to like an old song and be like yo listen to this melody mm-hmm. listen to the way this accordion sounds listen to the way they recorded this vocal like you know things like that where we like to pull from uh, i like to, to reference you know what i'm saying and if even if it's not a sample it, it may it may be a reference of sure. a song or a style you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and so I, I get i get a lot of things from the records i'll pull them into the computer or a sampler and i'll start you know hacking it up like that and then uh, you know we'll we'll create the drum beats or create like an arrangement on the on ableton and sometimes if i'm lucky i'm i'm sitting there with a, a like a writer or, mm-hmm. or, or a, a rapper or something and they'll be there writing and humming things in my ear and, and i'll be able to like take it in different places because I'll kind of hear what they're doing over it and after doing it so many times and making so many songs you kind of can tell like where it's going to go you okay. know what I mean so all right well this guy's rapping right here but this this part we can change it to where he's singing this this part we break it down mm-hmm. and put some claps there and <laughs> you know what I mean like sure. that's kind of like the that's kind of like my process I guess and then uh if there's something where it's not a there's not a singer present I'll send things out to different people folders or things like that Mm -hmm. a lot of times i like to like just custom make music for whoever i'm working with at the time you know i don't really like to like have a big library of beats all over the place you know but that that kind of works for me as like hey what kind of song do you want all right well let me make it for you you know what i mean do you find yourself doing a lot of collaborations or do you do a lot of uh, this is just dj dusty and um i I mean yes i mean I, i don't know like as a dj and being in Corpus, I'm not in Hollywood, you know, it's like, it's hard to, like, I feel like it's harder to talk to the people when there's not any lyrics on your songs, okay. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, people need to, I mean, this is, again, this is just my opinion, you know, but I feel like people need to be told what to do, you know, okay. even when they're dancing, it's like, drop it low, uh, uh, right, put your hands right. in the air, there, clap here. There are like, some very famous dance songs. Yeah, that people have love it, you know what I mean? And, and so. Sure. So, you know, me, I make instrumentals, you know what I mean? But, and I love the way beats sound and I'm glad mm-hmm. that like the culture is shifting to where that's also a thing now, you know what I Absolutely. mean? But it is very hard to like talk to the people, you know, like, and to kind of get that catchiness in their head, you know, mm-hmm. my, the first song I, I kind of dropped was called Que Pasa and that song had like a really catchy sample of a, of a vocal, you okay. know what I mean? So that really worked out and I, and I really like, I'm trying to like, you know, my, my style is like that. Even with Cumbia Anthem, it was a sample mm-hmm. that we kind of redid. And, 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 you know, it's all, it's all been kind of vocal samples, but now I'm, I'm like working with artists to where I'm like, hey, hey, I made this beat for you. Check it out. Send me, they'll send me back some vocals. I'll, I'll put them in the session and chop them up and turn their vocals into like an instrument. You okay. know what I mean? And, and start editing things together and, and pitch shifting and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff like that, you know? And, and it becomes an, another another part of the song, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, a lot of it is collaborations, and, and every day I'm I'm collaborating with with my guys here, Mariano mm-hmm. and and Quentin and and 
and Meta and all the guys that work around my studio that that we're just always constantly like writing things and, and working on projects. So it's really good, I'm sure, to have that kind of creative space where you have a lot of different uh, voices. Big time, big time. It, it helps to have different people around and different ears. And sometimes you kind of get locked in on something and, and it, you know, like y you always think it sounds good. You know what I mean? <laughs> For so sure. It's good to have somebody there like, you know, that's why, uh, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Because you'll get carried away and then you'll start wasting all this time that like you can't really get back. Right. You know? Right. So, so you've mentioned something a couple of times as we've been talking, the word cumbia. And with cumbia anthem, whether you might want to call yourself this or not, you've kind of become a new cumbia ambassador. <laughs> and, and getting the Latin Grammy nomination is huge and being able to kind of put your own spin on a classical style of music. But I would love to know how you define cumbia. What is cumbia hmm. music? Well, cumbia is a genre of, okay. of Latin music. Um, it's a, and it's a certain type of beat that um, that's like migrated over from Africa to um, Colombia, from Colombia to Mexico, from Mexico to Texas, Texas to everywhere. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, it it's it's a syncopated rhythm with a cowbell and a wido or a wacharaca and and the, like congas and mm -hmm. and things like, you know, different kinds of percussive instruments, but it basically is like that syncopated, like, you know, and it, and it, it's like a, it's like a grid. So you have these two wacharacas, a conga and a cowbell. And okay. it's like just rep repetitive over and over. It's like, it all fits in the grid evenly. And there's an instrument in, in every section of the grid and, and the baseline kind of fits in the grid as well. And the, and the keys, mm -hmm. this, it's like a reggae skank almost. That all fits all in the grid. It's like a it's like a mathematical grid. So if you move something around, you kind of have to like shift the whole pattern. And I and I sometimes I guess I kind of play it like backwards or or in a weird way. But it, it if you think about it and you see it on the grid, it's mm -hmm. the same thing. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of percussionists and drummers they kind of like fight with me a lot because of the way <laughs> I do it. But uh, but you know that there's that that's the that's the way it goes. You know what I mean? And and I, that's my interpretation of it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, it, and it works for what I do with like mixing with hip hop and trap and things like that and dance music. So it's just a, a syncopated rhythm that is created with Latin percussion instruments. And a lot of people interpret it in, in different ways. And like, you know, the Tejano style is more keyboards and, and ballads and, and R&B sort of reference. And the Mexican style is more like Sonidero, which is like, kind of accordion and really raw, like not a drum set, you know? Okay. And, and that's something we have in Texas, like electronic drums mm -hmm. and the hip hop sort of elements that, that they've added um, into that, you know what I mean? And and uh, and a lot of that has to do with like Selena and, and the Quintanillas, you know, they they started using like 808s and, and, and a lot of that stuff and or made it famous. And, uh, you know, and that's kind of like where where it kind of kicked off. That's That's kind of where we're at now. And now I'm just kind of just, doing it with trap beats and, mm -hmm. and, and hip hop and sampling and things like that and kind of making it my own style. So it's kind so of why stay at. in Corpus? Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a long time, I, I, you know, my, my parents were here and they were sick and, and I was kind of like helping them out and things. And, and I was always like, Oh, you know, first chance I get, I'm, I'm out, you know, we'll go to, we'll go to LA or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and then my mom passed away and I started helping out my, my dad was quadriplegic, you know, so okay. I was helping out with my dad and, and I have three, I have two brothers that we all kind of like, um, we're really tight, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? We have a lot of things going on together and things like that. So we, it's, it's a, it's cool, you know? And then, uh, when my dad passed away, 
uh, I, for, I was like for sure ready to move to LA, you know? <clears throat> but uh, I don't know. It seems like every time I'm about to like pack up and go, it's like something mm -hmm. else kind of falls into my lap and, and it just like doesn't happen, you know what I'm saying? And so I call it the corpus clutch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's that. It's just yeah. like never yeah. going to let you go. And like once you get here, you're kind of stuck here, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Especially if you start doing things and like, you know, like, I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to say no once it's like something's going, going good, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, right now that's kind of what I'm doing is like, you know, getting myself into like properties and, mm -hmm. and, and rentals and, and Airbnbs and all these kind of different businesses that I'm in. And, and it's hard for me to like, kind of just walk away from that and just go to LA and start all over again, you know? But I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's an impossible thing to do. And I don't, I, don't, I don't, honestly don't think that like, it's, one of those things not going to happen, but mm -hmm. for I'll definitely always be here in, in Corpus and always have roots and my family's going to be here. And we're always going to have a house here and you know, this is always going to be home. So, mm -hmm. um, and right now it just works. We got this building, you know, I got my, my crew here and we're, we're the, the machine is moving, you know what I'm saying? So we're just trying to make the best of it. And one of these days, if we got to uproot to LA or uproot to somewhere else and we'll make that move when the time comes. But right now it's kind of cool, man. I mean, it's, it's fresh you know, Corpus is buzzing. Downtown mm -hmm. is, is buzzing again. And we've kind of been here like this whole time when it was not cool. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we're welcoming it. You know yes. what I mean? The more coffee shops and bars that open up and restaurants and all that mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, we're we're always lending a helping hand to whoever asks and offer any kind of advice or expertise that we have is, you know, we're like open books over here. So you've had Produce down here since the early 2000s? Well, I've been in this building since 2009. Okay. Yeah. What all goes on here at Produce? Um, everything that we're doing here is it's, it's mainly like a creative hub. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I have an apartment on top uh, of the building. I have my studio downstairs. Uh, and we have uh, graphic designers that work out of here, a videographer that's working out of here. And we do all kinds of stuff. I mean, for a long time, we were doing printing, you know, and we can kind of like broker out any kind of like production work that you mm -hmm. need. But uh, it's kind of like a, like, a, like a design agency, you know what I mean? But a lot of the projects that we do are our own, our own things, you okay. know what I'm saying? But we also take in outside projects with, with Aaron and, and things like that. And we also are like creating these events too, you know, like... Uh, this thing that we're doing with, uh, we have like a Cheech documentary coming mm -hmm. out and it's coming mm -hmm. to the art museum and things like that. Like, uh, we kind of like curate different shows. We used to have a, an art gallery next door. Okay. Um, but you know, we just kind of do it all, man. I mean, whatever in the creative department that you need, you can kind of ask us, you know, we've done anything from commercials, music for commercials to graphics to, for commercials to <laughs> freaking quinceanera invitations okay. you know what i'm saying so whatever it is <laughs> like kind of sure. like do it you know what gave you the idea to start produce um i i i met this guy named david lee uh that i thought was a crazy person at the time uh, <laughs> he was working at, at hudat and he uh -huh. was like this waiter guy and he was just like cool you know but but for a long time i was going to the, another restaurant called it was hudat but it was on it was on airs and this girl kept telling me like, Hey man, you need to meet my brother. Like you guys are like mm -hmm. the same, you know, like, I don't know. You guys just need to meet each other, you know? And I was like, I was like, whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Where's my spring roll? You right. Know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and like, uh, finally, like I met him and I, and I, and I guess I had kind of like seen him around town, you know? And like, he was always telling me like, dude, you know, like I want to do, I want to do art shows and I want to have my own gallery mm -hmm. and I want to have like, 
my own like studio and a store and all in, in a sushi bar and all. he was just like always talking about ideas <laughs> right. you know what i mean and like i was just like okay dude whatever you know right. what i mean like okay yeah and, he, and then one one day he was like yo i'm gonna open up a a, a sushi bar and i was like oh man all right cool what you know whatever <laughs> like call me when it's open you know <laughs> and so i just thought he was always like talking noise you know and and uh then he i have like a you know a collection of boom boxes mm -hmm. and he he was like, yo, you still have that big boom box. He called me one day and I was, I was uh, doing a show in Austin and he was, I was like, yeah, I got it. And he was like, yo, we're going to open up the sushi bar. Can you come over? We're going to do a photo shoot. And I was like, uh, all right. Like, I didn't know what to expect. You know what I mean? But I show up, he was on the Island. I, this is before the Island was cool and, and all these things were going on out there, you know? And, and, and I show up and it's just like this like little bitty spot. And it's just like something out of like LA or Austin or, sure. or like something else, Seattle or never seen this kind of place before in Corbis, you know? And uh, the music was cool. The, the visuals were cool. Everything that he had going on. It, it was all, it was all really neat. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, I was like, dang, this dude's serious, you know, <laughs> it actually happened. He you may know? be onto something. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then after that, we, I would start, I started DJing over there. And we're doing like kind of like loungy stuff and reggae and things like that. And then he was like, yo, we should open up a studio, man. Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to. He had a, uh, some guys that he was working with that were like graphic designers and mm -hmm. photographers. And, and I was doing music and I wanted to have like my studio. And like a, I was thinking about doing that turntable school. Right. And he was like, yo, we should open all this up together. Like have a spot where it's like all these things. I'm like, bro, you're crazy, <laughs> dog. This ain't going to happen. You right. know what I mean? And like. So anyways, we, he was like, find a spot and, when, and I'll rent it. And I was like, all right, cool. So because his business was doing really good. Mm -hmm. the, the sushi bar was like crazy. It was like popping. And uh, so we started, we, I, I looked around for a spot. We found a spot on Six Points and it was like, you know, 800 bucks for this like place. It was like this big. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, go get it. And I was like, all right, cool. I went over to go get, to go get the spot. I was supposed to meet with the lady the next day. And, you know, give her all the paperwork and the money and all that stuff. And uh, another spot popped up on Craigslist and it was like three spots downtown for the, for 800 bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, no way. Uh -uh. I called and the guy and I was like, Hey man, like I see this ad in Craigslist and it's this weird guy. And he's like, yeah, it's real. We're moving out of here. Come mm -hmm. over and check it out. It's a really cool spot. I promise you're going to want to get it. <laughs> and I was like, all that right. Awesome. I was like, I'll, and I told David, I was like, bro, I'm going to go check mm -hmm. out this spot. I don't know. And he's like, get it. If that's, if it's for real, get it. And I was mm -hmm. like, it said downtown. And I was like, man, no way, dude. And I had actually seen this building a bunch of times because there used to be a little dentist office in here. And it had this like spooky, like <laughs> horse, one of those, like, I don't know what you call those, like, like a little swing kind of uh -huh. like horse thing in the, in the window, like as a decoration and like nothing else, you know what I'm saying? I was like, for a dentist office. Yeah. This oh was before the, this guy had moved in okay. here, you know, okay. this guy before us had a, a people street photo project and okay. it was like a. It was a photography studio. I had a, a dark room in there and mm. everything. Uh, and I come down and I was like, holy crap, dude. Like right. it is three different spots, $800. And it was just like a perfect setup. The, mm. the, 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 the rooms were super nice. The shop was super nice. And he was pretty much just using this room and, and that room right there as like okay. a living room. And so I was like, dude, when are you moving out? And he was like, two months. All right, cool. We'll take it. And then he was like, and dude, there's an apartment upstairs. <laughs> And it's crazy. And you can like go in through the sub level. And I was like, sub level? What the right. hell is that? You know? So there's like a, there's like a sub level, like above this, mm -hmm. the roof. That's just like a, like a basement kind of thing. And then there's like, the, you come up through the floor mm -hmm. at like this hatch. And then you're in this like 
2,000 square foot apartment. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's really cool. So I was like, yo. And then the, the guy was like, nah, they're never going to move out of here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I was like, anyways, so the day, a couple months go on, the day that we move in, the guy from upstairs is like, hey man, we're moving out. You should take this apartment. I was like, <laughs> sign the contract, dude. You know? So, awesome. and that was another 800 bucks. You know what I mean? So we got like a steal and we, we locked mm-hmm. that in. We paid rent for her t- for about from 2000 and like the end of 2008 to and beginning of 2009 till 2000 and like 16 awesome or 15 and then I bought the building after that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so it was you know we had a good deal and and we we did good business we fell in love with the building and we just kind of this was it this is home do you have expansion plans um well we we're, we're remodeling the apartment right now we we're, we're always remodeling downstairs um, it's like a never ending battle, mm-hmm. but, uh, I would like to have some, like some yard, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if I could find a lot, <laughs> yeah. Like if I could find something downtown with like a little bit of, of lot, that mm-hmm. would be awesome. There's no, like, I don't have a parking. There's a lot right behind me that, but it goes with this other building, but there would be, it would be amazing to pick up both and then mm-hmm. kind of like rent out one and keep the lot, you know, but we'll see. <laughs> so do you have a record label here in Produce? We do Americano label. Um, we produce and and we've signed a couple of acts and put them out. Dudes from Miami. We got some dude from from uh, Boise. We got some people from <laughs> random places, man. Like, Boise is pretty random. I would yeah, imagine. there's some. There, he's yeah. a pretty peculiar guy. This guy named Lobo. Um, dudes from Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. A guy from uh, Peru that we've been working with. Monterey. Uh, then we got Meta from here. Quentin from here. There's it's all kinds of stuff that we're kind of like just trying to sew up. We produce it here and record it here and, and mix and master it here. And then uh, we distribute it through our label with uh, a label called Empire. Okay. And uh, it goes all over the place, man. It's all on iTunes and everywhere you can find music. And luckily, these guys like what we do and they kind of help us out and with the distribution and they kind of help us push it and things mm-hmm. like that. And so it's been a, it's been a good experience, man. And, and it's kind of like nobody can tell us what to put out nobody can tell us what's good or what's bad i look at it like every one of us has our own way of expressing on there the the artist has his way of expressing the the music i have my way of producing and putting the package together and then my other friends who are graphic designers and videographers they come in and and they they have their chance Mm -hmm. to make give it a visual you know what i mean and 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 they can they can have their work distributed worldwide through you know through a label and through commercial programs you know what I'm saying like it's out there. Have you found <laughs> being in Corpus is that complicated having a worldwide label or is it because of the times we live in? Um, there aren't many roadblocks. Simply, be, you know, there's no location based roadblock. Well, yes and no. There is mm-hmm. a there is a couple of little things. I mean, like when it's time to have a meeting with somebody, that that sucks. Okay. You know. Um, and also like meeting and networking is really hard to do. You have to just go over there. And I, when I go to LA, I, I go for two weeks and we, we pretty much like get, a, get a couple of shows and then just kind of stay around and pick up meetings and do, uh, me, uh, sessions with people. And, and we just kind of like live there for a couple of weeks while we're there and, and just take on as much stuff as we can. I mean, literally I'll wake up in the morning, go, go to one meeting, go to a, session Mm -hmm. send the guys to another session i'll go to another meeting you know what i'm saying and it's just like (laughs) a thing we have this sprinter van that we roll around in and we kind of just pull up to a studio you know five dudes will 
jump out of the van and <laughs> go take over your studio right. and, and then get out of there and go to the next spot, you know? And then mm-hmm. we have an Airbnb set up or the studio set up there and we're just working the whole time. And it, and that's kind of the goal with the team is just to go and just work the whole time that we're there mm-hmm. nonstop, day and night in the house or out in a rental or wherever we're at, you know, we'll go and drop by different places and just work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and luckily... Throughout these years of working at the radio station and, and, and doing tours and things like that, I've met different people where I can call them up and be like, hey, can, you know, like, let's work on something. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they're all a lot of people just end up living in L.A. You know, they everybody kind of moves over there for a period of time to kind of get going. And sure. then you can kind of do whatever after that, you know, but there comes a time when you kind of have to just be there to kind of lock everything in and then you can go back home mm-hmm. and do your thing, you know, so. It, it is it is a little bit limiting, but luckily, with the help of like Empire and then also my partners Manny and Greg, they're they're based out of L.A. and they live out there and they kind of okay. do the the paperwork and the hard stuff, <laughs> you know. And we're just <laughs> right. able to create, music. you know what I mean? So sure. it works out pretty good. Have the artists themselves had negative reactions to uh, to to you being here in Corpus? Um, not really. I mean, the only people that have anything negative to say is man is is my partners. You know, like <laughs> I mean, not that a guy who's crazy can jump on court. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, man, it, you know, like not really, man. I mean, we, the thing is that the, the machine is rolling. We're we're doing work. You know, the mm-hmm. like if we have to turn something in, like it's it's on the board and and it's done. You know, we cross it out and hand it in, and and it's good and mm-hmm. it looks good and 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 there's nothing really that anybody can kind of say. I mean, we kind of have a history of turning in good stuff. You know what I mean? But. And and I think that like we surprise people sometimes mm-hmm. because of that, you know. So it kind of works in our favor. Do you feel like Selena was a trailblazer to take uh, to kind of put Corpus on the map? Say, hey, look, we are actually a a legit city when it comes to creative works. Of course, I mean everybody knows Selena, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. But but even at the time, like everybody loved Selena and the work that they were doing, and and, and man, they were like, they were they were blowing up on like a big level, mm-hmm. even at the time that, before before she passed, you mm-hmm. know? And they were they were touring, and they had a bus, and they had, you know what I mean? They were, do, they were doing it, they had record deals and all that stuff, so I mean, and they were doing it out of Corpus, which was really cool, and, and at that time, you know, Corpus was kind of like this, like, I like to call it like a Tejano Hollywood, where it was like, all these labels were coming here, and, and, mm-hmm. and they were based out of here, or San Antonio, and things like that, where Freddie Records and, and, Hacienda, and, and Hacienda. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was all these kind of like production houses were here in Corpus. And I don't know if that had something to do with the real estate being cheap or what, or just the place was cool. But, you know, it was kind of like happening here for a long time, you know? And, 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 and that's where it became like this like musical mecca. And, and still to this day, there's like some insane musicians here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like dudes that can really play in the valley. There's some dudes that can really, really play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that like, I go to Hollywood and I see these guys and they're like, they're not <laughs> as good as these guys over here. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you know, I, like it definitely is the, the whole like Gulf Coast is to me is just like a big, it has a lot of musical talent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool about that. That's what's pretty cool to me. So what label is El Destion? I am signed to Universal and Universal has another label called After Club that they kind of like just work the stuff through that. Okay. But I also am putting things out through Americano as well here on the side and, and, uh, and I have like, you know, a couple other, I've, I've put, a, put out songs on different labels here and there or mm-hmm. done remixes for, for, th- for people or produced songs for other people that have come out on different labels and things like that. But me, myself, I'm signed to Universal. Let's talk about where the idea for Tropicoso came from. Uh, Tropicoso kind of spawned off of uh, a party 
they have that started in Austin uh, 11 years ago called Peligrosa. Okay. And I'm a big part of that. I was one of the founding members of that mm-hmm. um, back in the day. And what it was was just like a party where they could play like this like alternative Latin music, not limited to, but based almost around cumbia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how it kind of started off. And now it's kind of like this, you know, tradition. Every month these guys have this huge party and, uh, you know, there's 12 DJs or 10, 10 to 12 DJs just playing. We invite guests and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. And it's a big party, man. And I, and I just felt like I always had felt like Corpus needed something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and especially like, yo, this like this kind of music isn't just Tejano music. You right. know what I mean? Like or like listen to this stuff. Like it has like cool 808s and it has like danceable things <laughs> and mashups and DJs scratching uh-huh. and all these kind of things. You know what I mean? So it's like, check it out. It's something different. And it's like something that's kind of like like brewing here mm-hmm. in your own town you know what i mean and and i've tried it and we even tried like bringing peligrosa like years ago and it worked you know what i mean like people would like come and check out my shows and that you know and, and i've always been kind of known to be a dj that like plays a little bit of different music mm-hmm. you know and so it kind you know it was like a working thing yes and no but then once i started tropicoso and it became more of like a solid party and I had a good venue, a House of Rock, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and Casey was work, helping me, you know, produce the show and, and telling, you know, giving me advice on how to how to do things. And, and, and you know, it really has come around. You know, we had some sponsored shows by Chivas and other mm-hmm. other kinds of like brands that have stepped in and helped us out. But I mean, for the most part, it's been all homegrown and we just rely on the door money to kind of like put, mm-hmm. to, to kind of do it, you know, fund the whole project. You know, and over time we've bought equipment you know for the stage setup mm-hmm. and things like that so it's become like a production you know what i mean like on tropicosa weekend like everybody works you sure, know what i mean sure. and, and we're all gonna set up and you know the bus is gonna pull in with the trailer and we're all gonna load it up and then we're gonna go to house of rock and be setting up all freaking day mm-hmm. and selling merch and you know it's like a whole sure. it's a whole thing you know what i mean but that's that's our that's our show you know and that, that's where we get to shine so it, mm-hmm. it, it's cool man and sometimes it sells out and sometimes it, it doesn't but it's always fun and it's always like a really dope time are you finding that it's easy to bring djs in from out of town for Tropicoso? a lot of people want to come into to come and play they see the you know the videos and the pictures and all that stuff and they see that it's like a cool vibe plus mm-hmm. A lot of times whenever people come through, it's like, I'll, I'll invite them to stay for an extra day and I'll be like, yo, let's work in the studio the next mm-hmm. day and, and have some food and, and I'll show you around and things like that. And so that's kind of what it becomes. Like every time somebody comes the next day, we have a studio session and, uh, and we go eat and mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? I show them kind of around town and, and it's, it's cool. You know what I mean? We end up creating a song and that's, that's kind of how I've been collaborating with a lot of people lately is just bringing them to come do a show here and mm-hmm. then kind of like trapping them in the studio the next day. <laughs> but yeah, man, a lot of people want to come. The, mm-hmm. the, the problem is the traveling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Corpus is, is always that extra flight leg and uh, it's always expensive to get here. So we have to like really plan it out. Like mm-hmm. I try to say, tell the Peligrosa guys like, Hey, I'm bringing somebody, you know, do you guys want to have them the night before or the, or the day after or things mm-hmm. like that? Or we try to land a, a few gigs around Texas or, just, you know, sometimes like some of these guys that are coming in in September are coming in for like a whole week of studio sessions. And at That's the end cool. of the week, we'll do Tropicoso, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that kind of works out sometimes, too. So it's a it's a couple of different ways that that it goes down. But <laughs> but I get them here <laughs> somehow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Do you feel like um, uh, events that are coming up like the Que Bueno Taco Festival and other events like that help 
that uh, help your process in bringing folks to town, kind of help legitimize Corpus even more outside of Corpus? Or what are your thoughts on things like that that are growing here in Corpus? I, I think it's important to have like yearly festivals here, like mm -hmm. a, a bunch of traditional festivals because there's different kinds of people and they're into different genres, you know what right. I'm saying? So there's, there's, a, there's a, you know, 100,000 people that are into the Que, que Bueno scene. 100,000 people that are into the Selena scene. Mm -hmm. Whether they're going to come to the festivals or not is another story, but 10,000 people show up, you're, you're, you're going to be all mm -hmm. right. You know what I'm saying? But the more different styles of things that we have, like the better it's going to be. Jazz festivals popping mm -hmm. every year. And now it's even more like people are into festivals and they, they see that it's like, oh, it's not just like this little corpus fair. You right. know what I'm right. saying? Like, <laughs> like it's an actual cool festival. Yeah. Like, let's go check it out. This is legit, you know? And, 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 you know, hopefully one of these days, like we can bring back something like Bayfest where it's like, that's what Corpus was kind of known for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if we could bring that thing back, like if it was almost like a South by Southwest for the coast, I mean, I feel like that could be a huge, you know what I mean? Or even Buck Days where it just be, it morphs into this, this music festival right. or like, you know, a bigger festival mm -hmm. where it's like bigger name acts are coming in. Not just, I'm not even talking about rap or or, right. or or cumbia or anything like that i'm t any kind of act you know whether country or rock mm -hmm. or anything like that where where these kind of things can come in and we can become this like you know festival destination mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and and dude i mean why not we have the we have the the geography for right. it you know right the, we do the whole we have a beach we have we have parks by the beach we have parks all over town you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying like we have the infrastructure for this like right now, it just takes people to put it together and for the city to approve it and for it to be a good idea. You know what true. I'm saying? Oh, that's and, true. and I, I think the city will approve the things if they're if they're if they're good. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's just me. I haven't really had to deal with them too much. But um, everything that we've done, we wanted to do, they've let us do. So I, I feel like we're in good hands. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? We just got to kind of like try to put together the right thing. And um, dude, festivals are big, you know, to, to me. I mean, every year you have South by, you have right. uh, Fiesta in San Antonio, mm -hmm. you have uh, Bonnaroo, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like all these festivals are like destination, you know what I mean? Like right. that's what this, we, we need here. And, and you know, like the, the Fiesta de la Flor is one that we, that, mm -hmm. that's becoming a tradition and it's, you know, Selena, the, the brand Selena is never going to go away. It's just getting right. bigger and bigger, you know, it's like Bob Marley pretty much, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? That's right. I mean, why not? You know, let's celebrate mm -hmm. it and, and keep it, go, keep it moving, you know? What other kinds of things are you excited about coming up in Corpus, whether it's for El Dusty and the gang here at Produce, whether it's for you and Ceci or just Corpus in general? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see downtown, you know, sprucing up and, and getting getting kind of like reformatted. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the bridge is coming in. That's going to be huge. I just want to see I really just want to see downtown kind of like pop out, you know, and, and really get like the shine it deserves. It's, it's it's waterfront property, mm -hmm. you know. There's there's all kinds of parks and, and and there's a street that you can drive down freaking right next to the water, um, and a lot of places don't have that, man. I mean, one of the only places that has that besides Corpus is like Miami. You right. Know what I'm saying, and it's like, dude, are we are we in the same category as Miami, or are we just gonna like suck? You know what I mean? Like, I hope not. You know what not I'm saying? Not according to so, Elevator's t-shirts, we're not. Right. I, I mean, man, like, 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 we can, we can do this, and I feel like yeah. people are realizing that, you know. And I don't think it necessarily has to be in Miami where it's like club scene and all mm -hmm. that, but it can be like this, like family friendly, but also like young professional, right? Hipster sort of like creative place because it's 
it does have a lot of like like opportunity because of the price you yep. know what i mean like it's not that it, the the price of living here isn't like that crazy mm -hmm. it's not even as expensive it is in houston or san antonio sure. you know what i'm saying i mean the rent, I mean, I can't really, you know, you got to find a deal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, not everybody gets 2,000 square feet plus right. a subfloor right. and three offices for 1,600. Right. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's a, you got to dig around, man. And that, the, those things are out there. And you got to be flexible, right. dude. I mean, like up there, I mean, this is downtown, man. Like right. there's roaches and rats and, and, and you got to be able to deal with that stuff, mm -hmm. you know. And over time, we figured it out. You know what I mean? And, and there's no, you won't find that stuff here anymore. You know what right. I mean? But, but at the beginning, it was, it was, it was way different than living in Cal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. So it's it's a, it's an adjustment, mm -hmm. but you get used to it. And even like at the Nueces Lofts, you know what I'm saying? There's It's loud, you know? Right. Like clubs are going on until 2 and 3 in the morning. You got people riding motorcycles all over the place mm -hmm. at night, you know? And, and now little are, scooters. Right, dude. They're racing around <laughs> all over the place. So, I mean, it's a lifestyle to get used yeah. to, but once you kind of get the hang of it, you know, it, it's fun, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's always something going on. Right. You know, there's, you can always go drive down the street and look at the water and, 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 and kind of like enjoy the scenery. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just something you kind of have to discover on your own and kind of like figure mm -hmm. out where you want to be here, you know? That is very much one of the things that I've noticed having come, you know, coming down here as a kid, growing up in San Antonio, Corpus downtown was pretty quiet, unless maybe you were here for a baseball tournament or a convention or something. But now, uh, living like you do down here and I work down here, it, it feels alive pretty much all day long. And yeah. I think that's the, one of those first steps that has to occur in a downtown for it to have full revitalization. Yeah. One, when I was uh, in Chicago, this like Uber driver like expanded my, <laughs> like blew up my, my brain. The philosophy he, of Uber. Yeah. I, I was like, I, he was telling, you know, we're, he was telling me about just talking about Chicago and the movement of people and mm -hmm. how, how he was like, he was saying, he was like, man, you know, downtown is, it's, it's really come back over the last 10 years. And, and I was like, well, how do, what do you mean that? Like, I thought, that right. it was, you know, Chicago, you know, he's like, nah, everybody moved to the suburbs. Mm -hmm. So all the businesses followed them to the suburbs. Right. And then now it's like all the cool people are moving back downtown. So mm -hmm. now all the businesses are coming back downtown. And so they're having, a, they're having this problem where it's like, it used to be all business. So now they're like making condos and lofts mm -hmm. and, and, office buildings into residential and uh and it becomes another deal you know what sure. i'm saying and so that's like the story of corpus right now mm -hmm. everybody moved to cal allen into the south side and now everybody's trying trickling back in the businesses right. are trickling back in but you can't really expect like these businesses to like be blowing up when there's not a lot of people that live mm -hmm. down here you know what i'm saying i mean you can't open up a convenience store and expect there to be expected to be open for tw 24 hours because it's just not that many people to, to keep it alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you going to do? Sell a Slurpee at three in the morning? You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen, you know, as much as I want it. You right, know what right. I mean? But you might be the one who can go. Buy I'm it. definitely going to buy a Slurpee at three in the morning, but right. I'm probably the only person awake at that time down here. No, I was good. But, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and it's going to take like residential, those apartments that are popping up, condos mm -hmm. are popping up all over the place. You know what I mean? And people are starting to figure it out. Like, dude, it's cool to live downtown. You know, it's mm -hmm. it used to be a thing where it's like, oh, why do you want to live downtown? It's like <laughs> nothing but roaches down there. Right. Like, well, there's roaches at your house too out in Cal Island, That's man. Right. So come down here where at least it's a little funner, you know? Mm -hmm. That's right. So I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a it's a thing, man. You gotta you gotta adjust and, and kinda like and kinda like get used to it and kind of open your mind a little bit. 
but it's happening, mm -hmm. you know, slowly but surely. And now it's, it's happening faster than ever. It's pretty fun to watch for sure. And I want to say thank you for coming on the show. I'm, I'm grateful that you took the time and I'm grateful that you've planted some roots down here because I do, uh, I do feel like you and what's happening here at Produce is making it, making downtown an accessible place. Thank you. And yeah, we're, we're happy to be here and more stuff to come. For sure. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Yeah, man. Dusty is a true Corpus ambassador. His influence ranges all over the world, and he has opportunities to proselytize for Corpus in areas that few others do. He's planted his roots in downtown, and he's opened his creative space for collaboration with other Corpus rising stars. We are very fortunate to have Dusty here in Corpus. Please be sure to follow him on Instagram at LDusty, and to follow Produce at PRDC2010. And be sure to follow Ceci and Chica's Rock at Chica's Rock. And don't forget to follow us too at Echo Corpus. Thank you to our infrastructure partners, the Sound Guys, Clint Tucker Homes, and Sawyer Audiology. And thank you for taking time to listen.